Hello and welcome to this today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Eye of the World. I am your host, Will Cowan, and with me, like always, Mr. Steve Haynes. Hello. Steve. Steve, how are you today, man? How are you? I'm a little you? tired. I'm a little under the weather. A little under the weather? Why why is that? I don't feel good. Well, I have an answer for everything. I've been eating too much bread. <laughs> <laughs> not enough cheese i'm gonna be honest that's your problem you gotta you gotta juxtapose it properly you have to have the right amounts a little bit of cheese and bread today we are going into chapter 35 chapter 35 35 we're just cruising along camelin we have finally made it to camelin have a seat have a drink have a taste of the <laughs> treats of the streets. Beautiful. That was breaks beautiful. into a musical in this chapter. Yeah, real real departure. You actually don't read it. There's a DVD that's uh, that's provided, and it's a, a whole bunch <laughs> a whole bunch of <laughs> sing along sing alongs that you have to sit there and go through, and you just have to interpret. Yes, Camelin, uh, which has been the goal for like 20 chapters, like you said last uh, last episode. It's been it's been a long time coming, and we're here. We finally made it. Real long time. So, Camelin. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I don't know if it was mentioned in other chapters. Maybe I missed it. Uh, maybe I did catch it, but totally forgot it. But Camelin is massive. It is a massive, massive, massive. Camelin is huge. Well, we've seen, you know, outside of the villages, the cities that we've been to. What was it? Baylon. 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 Shadow you know, Logoth. That was one of the biggest cities they'd ever seen. Shadow Logoth was even bigger. White Bridge was huge. Had a huge bridge. Yeah, big bridge. Beautiful bridge. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> this is the best bridge. They named the whole place after a bridge. But Camelin uh, dwarfs everything. Yeah, everything. And I, I think it's because like this is a capital. This is where uh, the queen lives as well, which I didn't pick up on either when i w- when we were going through the uh book uh maybe it was said earlier on or maybe i did you did okay i pi- i had that i picked up <laughs> i knew it well you know that's no um because along the camelin road as they were getting closer and closer to camelin there were more queen's guard there were more people talking about the you know the queen's realm more people talking about the queen yeah um, you know what you're totally right maybe i'm just yeah i i just totally I was just like, hey, it's Queen's Guard. Cool. That's cool. I'm dumb. Queen's Guard. Yay. Um, yeah, which is uh really cool because we haven't seen a capital city like this. And the first thing that random mad are when they get in there, the first thing they notice is just the sheer amount of people that are in there. They're like, if they thought Barrelon was packed and full of people, this is like not only packed, but it's like loud and and disorienting and you just you can't find anything for the life of you you just kind of are plopped down in this middle of this craziness and you're kind of expected just to these guys are expected just to figure it out i think um, figure it out. everyone's expected to figure it out yeah no one's there to guide you yeah uh i think when they get off of except maybe bunt yeah, Bunt is Bunt is there to I don't know if he's there as like a guide. He he's only here for like a couple of minutes, but he he makes a mention to the Her- he makes a mention to the Haramark sword. He reveals that he knows what who these kids are. Not like that they're random map, but he knows that the people at uh the, the He sort of put the pieces together. Exactly. 
that because he knows you know they were looking for two boys with a hair and- under 20 around their age one's got a sword yeah with a heron mark on it yeah which what is it what is that like a bird yeah it's a bird it's a bird mark yeah it's a bird mark it's a bird mark what that means Sorry, what was that? Maybe Rand's a bird man. Like yeah, Aaron's maybe a wolf. Maybe he's a bird man. That's actually kind of cool. Like uh he can talk to birds. That'll come in handy in the future. Can't rule it out yet. Can't rule it There's out. There's more evidence pointing towards it than there is against it. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. And uh Bunt makes this suggestion, like, you better get rid of that sword if you if you don't want any problems. Like get yeah. just toss it away. And Rand's like, no, this is my this is my dad's sword. Like, I can't do that to this sword. Like, I've got to. Yeah, I can't get rid of this sword. It doesn't mean anything. It's not important. Yeah, exactly. My dad's. But he notices that a whole bunch of people have a have like a wrapping around their sword, like this uh, silk like scarf that wraps kind of the hilt of the sword. And uh, he decides to follow follow suit, and he goes to a shop to uh, f- buy a piece of ribbon that he pick one up. Yeah, wrap Get it. that ribbon cover. Exactly. Um, and uh, by this point, um, Bunt has moved on. He's, I don't think we'll see him again. He's just one of those characters that you'll just see for a bit. He's gone. He's picked up the next guys that are heading back the other way. Yep. Yep. He's just, he's a taxi service. <laughs> you know, you kind of like, you still kind of kind of respect the amount of uh, people out there in this story that are willing to just pick up people. Like, oh, you're going in the same direction? Well, hop on, buddy. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of hitching. A lot of hitching, which is... Uh, Considering outside of hitching, nobody ever trusts anyone. Yeah. And always thinks they're dark friends. But when it comes to hitching, it's just like, oh, yeah, Saddle up. Me. <laughs> travel, move, travel with me for 10 days. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, but... Now they made it to their destination. I, 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 I hope Bunt makes it out okay. But if he keeps running, if he keeps running around carrying a whole bunch of people, he might slip some information that Rand and Matt are out in this area. Bunt seems like a good guy. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna let it slip. I, you know, but you, not not maybe let it slip, but maybe you know he could be dark. Let it rip. He could be ripped into talking. <laughs> about it if uh dark friend gets 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 his hands on him um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're walking around the town rand's covered up his sword and they're hoping that they'll find moraine at some point and matt's like i don't know i don't know if we're gonna see anybody here there's just so many people well, they're hoping they'll find yeah any of them any of them and matt's like matt's being mad about it he's just being like i don't know this is a complete he's failure why don't we go on real shitty about it yeah yeah he's like they're dead we're <laughs> the only ones left everyone's dead you know there was this is bullshit why are we even doing this <laughs> you know the when i was uh reading this like there's something i forgot to mention in the last chapter was that at the end of matt's dream you know how we saw all his friends kind of like chopped up to little pieces and like burned and like being like tortured and everything like that he saw all those people. He saw Tom as well, but I don't think Nynaeve was mentioned in that dream whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. She wasn't. So he doesn't like her either. And uh, maybe Matt will I be. Can't blame him. Matt is like he's near the bottom of the list of like not not favorable characters right now. Yeah, yeah. Matt's not my favorite. He's a little. He's a little uh, compl- bit of a butthole. A bit of a butthole. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know what else to say about it other than he's being a little bit of a butthole. Anyways, 
as they're walking around, they see like a whole bunch of like cups and jewelry and plates with all like these decorative marks on them, signifying that Loghain is here. Like the like they're he's painted up in chains and like kneeling to the queen and like all this crazy stuff. So the te- the the city Loghain, it's false dragon merch. False dragon merch. The city is ready for this. Whatever the ceremony is going to be, or if there ha- if there is a ceremony. Or if it's just like he's hanging out in this town square, just chained up, and everybody can go look at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But throw some stuff at him. But people are in it, man. People love it. They want they want to buy some t-shirts. They want some cups. They want some hats that have the two jugs on the side of the head that they can drink from and throw shit at the guy. Yeah. They- Beer cozies. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a whole event. It's like the it's like uh, the Super Bowl, really. Um. Matt or Rand kind of go kind of mentions that he remembers what Tom said to them, which was to get to this inn called uh, the Queen's Blessing. And when you get to Camelin, you got to go. You have to go to the Queen's Blessing. And that's where I'll either find you or where other people will find you. Like, just go there. It's a safe place. So they go they go on the hunt for Queen's Blessing. And it takes a while to get there because nobody really knows where anything is in this town. I don't think like there's everybody's like it's dense. Yeah. There's a lot of everything. And it's really the way to describe it too is really like kind of looks like that out. It kind of looks like Harry Potter. What's that place called? Diagon Alley. Yeah, but not magical at all. London. But like cramped <laughs> and just like, and just like, yeah, I guess it looks like London. <laughs> Like old time uh, medieval London or Renaissance London, maybe. Really cramped, right? And yep. like, uh, root like houses on houses on houses. Yeah, very and, tall uh, houses on shop fronts, and and yeah, just people on everywhere. houses, houses on people. So you say like, where's this inn? I mean, there's inns everywhere. Every I'm corner sure. is an inn. It's like a Starbucks. Like, oh, you want you want an inn? Like, mm-hmm. pick a corner. You know. And they're all, but pro- they do get there eventually. Yeah, where they meet an in, a, a, a classic-looking innkeep, big old gut, big old mustache. I don't think a mustache was mentioned, classic. but I I imagined a mustache because that's how my innkeeps are. <laughs> yep, and this innkeep's name is Basil Gill. That is an innkeep's name if I ever heard one, man. Basil Gill. Basil Gill. That is an amazing innkeep name. You know, if I ever do, if I ever create my own D&D campaign, every inn that the characters go to, it'll just be the same guy. It's just, Basil Gill. Yeah, and nobody's going to take any yeah. mention that it's the same guy. It's just like, yep, he runs every inn and he's already there. You know, I like I like Basil. You think he's my favorite innkeep so far. I and mean, there's been a lot. Yeah, and he he proves his worth kind of uh, right, right at the front here. Like, he recognizes... He doesn't recognize the kids, but he's, um, they come in looking for, do they come in looking for Tom or do they say that we're friends of Tom? Well, he, doesn't he recognize the flute? Yeah, no, they at first, he definitely, he recognizes the flute and Tom's gear, Mm -hmm. but I think they do mention Tom first. Yeah. Like we're friends of Tom. They mentioned that, yeah, that they were friends of, uh, because did Tom tell him to go to the Queen's Blessing? Yes, he did. That's how they know how to get here. Boom. Yeah. So they tell him that Tom sent them there. And Basil's like, Tom's my boy. Tom is my boy. But he's also a little... Where's Tom? Where is he? Yeah. 
Send him in. He's a little sad because he's like, I haven't seen Tom in so X amount of years or since the last time he was here. And he told he tells a story about Tom. First, he notices the uh, the flute that ran in and Matt are carrying the one of Tom's flute or at least the case that he's ca- carrying. And um, the, he's like, he questions them a little bit just to kind of gear that they're not evil or have like you know, foul intentions or a little bit or anything like that. Well, because Basil clearly knows Tom well enough to know that Tom wouldn't part with his flute. No, he wouldn't. Unless he loves that flute, he lo- and he wouldn't part with it unless he absolutely needed to. Exactly. And, and then the boys tell him, "He listen. He needed Tom's to. dead. He needed to, and he's dead now." Mm-hmm. And Basil doesn't buy it. That's smart man because I don't buy it either. Yeah, <laughs> as everyone knows. Yeah, I've been buying it for a long time now. Yep. But Basil says, uh, it's interesting what he says because he sort of insinuates, he's like, there's more to Tom than you think you know. And then suddenly this chapter kind of becomes a Tom chapter. Yeah, you get a little and bit of... you get of, a little, like, Tom origin. Yeah, a little Tom origin, which is very interesting. Like, he's from Camelot. And uh, in case you didn't catch his properness or, like, his skill as a gleeman, it comes from the fact that he's uh, a court bard. He was the he was the yeah, gleeman. He, he used to be the the court bard. He was the gleeman of... for the queen, for the royal house, you know. So, yeah. So he knows his stuff. He knows how well he is. But he fell out of favor with the queen and with the royal family because of uh, the event that happened with his cousin that he alluded to back in uh, mm-hmm. the Whitebridge. His chapter. nephew. His nephew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. I I think. Uh, Basil Gill, he he misinterprets it and he goes like some some cousin business. He had to go deal with some cousin business, and because he left, gl- well, they also he also doesn't he say that Tom was got a little intimate with Queen Morgaze. Oh, ooh, maybe he I says that. that he says Tom had a little thing in there that he that he played her his sweet loot, and you know, and they got loot. You know what came next? Oh, yeah. Um, no, I didn't catch that, but that would be cause to get the hell out of there when it, like as soon as possible, especially when the two children are dead and there's this power vacuum kind of being taken place. Right. Yeah. So it it was that. And then this situation with his nephew as well, too, some trouble his nephew got into. Yeah. And he uh, fell out of favor. And I, after that, I think after the, the problems with his nephew, he's just been kind of a, a wandering man, you know, just playing his tunes for town to town to town. I mean, there might be more, mm-hmm. but that's, I think that's the the extent of his story, you know? So you have to wonder what, well, no, there's more to his there's story more. too. Why does he have all this battle training? That's true. Yeah. Well, I also think he might, like, he might be from Ilion because when he thinks about the great hunt of the horn, you know how excited he was when he heard about it in Whitebridge. I think that's a little bit more than just gleaming curiosity. You know, he he mm-hmm. said it was like I the stories that you're going to be getting from the the hunt of the horn in Ilion is it's some of the best stories you you could have as a gleeman. You know, you want to be there. You want to report on this on this giant event. Um, Maybe Tom just staged this whole thing so he could go to Ilion for the hunt of the horn. No, yeah. <laughs> 
Everyone thinks he's dead, but he's over. He's getting his hunt of the horn on, and then he'll come back. He'll come back. You know what? He just he's like the Olympics are on. I'm not gonna miss the Olympics. <laughs> These kids aren't gonna let me, so I have to stage my death. I, is the only way. You know, I would. I don't know if I'd be mad at him for that. I'd be. I think I'd be far more impressed with the fact that he did that. <laughs> you know who's who's the who's the mirror draw. That or the guy that he got to play as the mirror draw that he fought. How did they get the blue light to flash? Did they just have people off exactly. to the side with like uh, mirrors, mirrors, and just yeah. shooting blue light, and just like people from the yeah, windows saying or making like lightning crashes or whatever with their faces, with their mouths. It's it's complex, but you know what, Steve, it checks out. It checks out, and honestly, with this whole little like Tom origin story we get here. Uh, <clears throat> I have no doubt in my mind that he's coming back, especially with him having an affair with the queen. Oh, that's going to come I mean, into play like so bad. It's coming to play. I wonder if he's got a love child. Oh, like a, like a singing tap dancing love child with Royal, Royal blood. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like that frog from Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, and then I think after this little conversation, um, Basil Gill, he, he's like, I can't, I, I can give you some space, uh, to sleep. It's not going to be a great room. I can give you some food, not a lot. Um, but you're, you're welcome to stay. Uh, I don't know what yeah, he says a similar thing that one of the innkeepers, a few chapters back said where it was like, Hey, things cause five times as much yeah. right now. Like things are rough. This, uh, Basil basically says that. But uh, also says like, but hey, I'm gonna do what I can. It's not much. Yeah, he's. But I'll do what I can for you. He's basically doing it as a, as a favor for Tom. Like essentially, yeah. And he said, yeah, because he does say something like, I'm gonna do it. You're a friend of Tom. I'm gonna do what I can for you. And you know, hopefully Tom shows up. Yeah. And if he doesn't, well, we'll uh, figure that out when that happens. Yeah, exactly. Which, oof, that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> I was surprised that Rand and Matt didn't um, offer like Gleeman services. Oh, you can only put us up for X amount of days. Like, what if we did some work? Did some work for yeah, you? Because I think I think they know at this point. You know, it's like this is this is this is Camelin. Tom used to be the court bard there. Like they probably <clears throat> they probably aren't. Uh, they don't want to. They don't want to. No one wants to hear this. No one wants to hear them play. That's true yeah like being in the capital city with so many people they're probably people with 10 times as talent as theirs playing uh not getting shows whatsoever so everywhere everywhere busking yeah yeah. just busking everywhere and i mean there's that and now that i think of it like they're pretty prolific characters random matt right now people know who they are and dark friends are after them and they're everywhere uh, for the last few chapters, like there's been like meetings of dark friends at like towns. Yeah, popping out everywhere. Yeah, it's like I I I want to make the comparison, uh, but I'm the, it might date the podcast if somebody in the next few years comes to the back to this episode. But currently, it's like people on Facebook just revealing that they're they're racists. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just, yeah, just putting it out there. Just putting it out there, like, and just drove. So it's, like, the same thing with Dark Friends. It's great they're letting us know, though. I mean, it really is makes it 
easy to filter things out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really makes that purge a lot easier. <laughs> um, yeah, and then that's pretty much wraps up the chapter. He, Basil Gill gives him a place to stay, and he tells him it's gonna, it's uh, not much, but it'll do. And the boys take him up on it. Also, somewhere in this chapter was Rand wishing that he had the same like ways with girls that Perrin has. Which I thought was interesting because Perrin's always wishing that he has the same way with girls that Rand has. I don't remember this in this chapter at all. This chapter? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I don't remember reading that. But maybe they they both are players. Or maybe they just suck with women. You know? Um, I mean, I think they probably both just suck. And they're both like... <laughs> 14 or whatever oh yeah imagine knowing that you are this chosen one or this this uh specific type of you have this specific destiny but you're also 14 and you have no idea like you just have no idea you have no idea what you're doing you have no idea (laughs) no idea girl you're probably in love with is probably dead and the other one's a wizard maybe but i don't know nobody knows anything man I just had struggle. Nightmare dreams constantly. Yeah. Oh, man. One friend's a butthole. Your other friend's a wolf. (laughs) Things are tough. But, I mean, that's that's chapter 35, folks. That's chapter 35. Yeah, we're cruising along here, man. In the next uh, few weeks, we'll be done. We'll be done. We'll be done, I think, maybe two or three more weeks. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, crazy, man. Uh, yeah, that wraps it just up. I just want to use this moment to say thank you to everyone who has traveled along the Camelon Road with us thus far. From here, I don't know if we have a road that we can take, but we're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. We're gonna so get there together. Hang on to your horses. Yeah. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back uh with next week with chapter thirty six. Let me get that title out there for you. Web of the Pattern. Web of the Pattern. Thank you so much. We'll see you on Monday. I hope there's a spider involved in this one. Ooh.